Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning. Good evening. Depends what time zone you're listening from. Uh, this is Chris Sheridan from basketballnews.com. Sheridan Hoops on Twitter, and I'm pleased, pleased to be joined by a guy I covered for a lot of years. Man, we're both from New York, and I've known him forever, and I'm glad to have him on the line from Los Angeles. He used to be called Meta World Peace, now known as Meta Sandiford Artest, but everybody remembers him as Ronnie Artest. Meta World Peace uh, joining us on the Sheridan Show. Meta, uh, good afternoon from uh, you're joining us from California today. Yeah, absolutely, man. Long time no see you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you on, and let's get right at it. I want to start with the NBA Finals. As we record on this particular Friday, July 16th in 2021, the Bucks and the Suns are tied at 2-2. The Bucks went down 0-2 and then came back and won a couple straight in Milwaukee. And what's really caught your attention about this series, Meadow? You know, well, besides all the injuries that's been just like plaguing, you know, a lot of the great players, uh, what's caught my eye about this series is really Chris Paul. You know, um, now I don't necessarily believe right now, especially that it's 2-2 that, that, that the Suns are going to win. But uh, going into the series, when it was 0-0, I kind of thought the Suns would win. Um, and, you know, kind of people would always change their picks. So, I, I, you know, I, I thought the Suns would win. And when they went up, you know, 2-0, you think they would win. Now that it's tied 2-2, it's, it's showing that Giannis is the greatest player. Now, if Giannis, just imagine, Giannis, one of the greatest players in the league, doesn't really have to go up against the greatest team, then you would say Giannis is going to win, right? Because the Lakers got hurt. You know, the Lakers were going to beat Phoenix before Anthony Davis got hurt. So with that being said, you know, it's just, um, Chris Paul stands out. Uh, Giannis stands out. And Chris Paul, I mean, it's a, it's a situation where he is a killer. Chris Paul is an amazing player. He got a killer instinct. And he can very well take advantage of his moment. Um, I know he had a bad game, but you know it was, um, it's just interesting. It's hard to it's hard to really say like who's going to win. Like I don't really know, but it's it's been a very interesting playoffs. Yeah, and it seems it sure seems like Chris's right wrist is bothering him. I mean, he had a very bad game four. Uh, he had more turnovers in that game than he has almost over the course of any series. A couple guys are stepping up. Pat Connaughton for the uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and then DeAndre yeah. DeAndre Ayton has been a beast. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Meta, um, you think DeAndre Ayton now has become pretty much the key to the series, along with Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns? I think so. I mean, as much as Chris Paul is a controller, he controls the game like I've never seen before. But uh, he, I don't think he's as talented as a booker right now in his career. And I think DeAndre Ayton is – I think DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul is about equal talent. You're, pro- you're probably going to lean on Booker and DeAndre. Uh, DeAndre is young, but he, DeAndre is also uh, an old soul. He got He's very mature, you know. Um, and he's playing like – he reminds me of Tim Duncan. He's so smart. Um he, he reminds me a lot of Tim Duncan. So, yeah, I think those two guys are the, you know, the two X factors. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, uh, you know, the Bucks have three great players in Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and and Drew Holiday. But uh, Drew hasn't been all that great uh, over the course of this playoff series. What do you think is going on there? Well, you know, Drew's a defender. And sometimes when you're a defender first, you spend so much time on defense, you don't really have full energy for offense. 
you know, a lot of players develop that at a young age. You know, you get players that they understand if they play, you know, if they play, um, if they play defense, they're not going to have legs for offense. But, and, and, and the crazy thing is, I remember when I was playing defense and offense and when I had Steven Jackson was the year I was 24. When I played with Johnny Salmon, I was 20. Those guys were guarding the best guys. But, but, but in my mind, I'm like, I don't really care how tired I am. I'd rather play defense than average 30 points, you know? Some people, so when you get a guy like Holiday, I, I, I can't really say that he's playing bad. I, I would just say he's playing defense and don't really have enough energy for offense. You know, so it's, looking, so it's not looking as good. And he really wants to win. So he's probably given more effort on defense. And you look what he's doing to Chris Paul, right? So he's doing something right, but it's not translating like into offensive, you know, buckets. Yeah, and it's 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 difficult to do get it done on both ends of the court. Of the court, you did. You were uh, NBA Defensive Player of the Year in two thousand and four. Uh, you made all defense first team in 2004, 2006, and a couple of all defensive second teams as well. But why is it, Ronnie, that, that um, there are so few players in the league who just get it done on both ends of the floor. Again, Giannis is one of them. He was first team all defense, but it's hard to find, you know, a, a list of guys where you can put together a list of five or six guys who are great two-way players. Yeah, it's not easy because you got to work at it. You got to want it. It's not hard. It's not impossible. But you, you have to be in condition, you know, and, and you have to work on your game. So it's that extra time because, you know, in the summertime, you're probably working on your offensive game a lot. You're not working on defense. But when training camp comes and you see someone you want to lock up, then you're going you're gonna to flip that switch. So you're going to be a little tired. But can you keep going? And do you mind sacrificing a couple points? especially as a wing defender. You know, I, with, with the exception of Michael Jordan, I don't know many wing defenders that were getting their numbers and locking up. Kawhi could be one of those guys, but Kawhi, if he didn't play defense, he would even score more. You know, um, so, uh, you know, defense is a sacrifice. I, I don't disagree with you uh, whatsoever. And we're going to circle back to the NBA and the playoffs and, and Meta's plans for the future as well. But I, I also wanted to mention that uh, that Meta's teamed up with DraftKings for the NBA Finals. It's kind of cool. He's actively betting against the public on every game. Wherever me- most of the bets are going, Meta's going the other way. And DraftKings is even boosting the public's bet. It's a promotion called Meta versus the World. So if, the, if most of the people, for instance, for uh, Saturday night's game are taking the Phoenix Suns, Meta's going to take the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, I want to know how this deal came along and, uh, and and how you like it. You know, it's just fun. I'm really excited. You know, as you know, I always wanted to work with these big brands and big corporations. Uh, and now, that you know, I, I'm getting a chance to work with DraftKings. They, you know, DraftKings wasn't around when we first came in the NBA. But DraftKings came around and betting is becoming, you know, more – of the norm, it's fun, uh, and it's a great campaign. Meta versus the world. I'm able to bet on a legal platform. You know, uh, I don't bet illegally, uh, and DraftKings just provides that platform to have a great time. You know, and have a great time against the fans and against the public. And this has been one of my best experiences. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Ever since uh, PASPA was overturned in 2018, uh, the United States is coming on state by state legalizing gambling. New York will come on later this year. Connecticut will come on later this year. Eventually, California's got to come around. Everybody will come around except for Utah. Um, <laughs> well, we'll always have Utah. They can they can drive the wind over. Uh, but Meta, yeah. When it comes to, to gambling, you know, there, there's a lot of that goes on on team flights. Um, and the, the game of choice has always been Bure or uh, or poker. What's the, the, the biggest loss you've ever seen, like on an airplane or in, a, in an NBA team hotel? I think, uh, you know, the biggest loss that I've seen is, you know, someone exchange value. So maybe just put your jewelry uh, or your chain on the table or maybe even your car keys. <laughs> Depends on how much cash you have in your pocket. <laughs> and that tends to uh, hit the, the rookies the hardest. Am I correct about that? Well, some, some games, you know, it depends, on, it depends on what type of rookie you are. But I wouldn't advise rookies to play with big the big boy. Uh, wait wait until you know you get that big boy contract. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't advise a rookie to play with that little contract against, you know, someone who's getting the inflation uh money that these guys are getting now. <laughs> yeah, and that would be a good advice to give to a rookie and, and out again. Yeah, you know, you mentioned before we came on the air that you would like to get into coaching. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, where that aspiration yeah. comes from and what you can maybe do to make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Coaching is something I'm excited about. Um, I always you know, one person did advise me, don't say you want to be a head coach or nobody's going to hire you. But I'm like, you know, at least you can see me coming. <laughs> I, I, I want to be a head coach, you know. The reason is because it's fun. You know, it's not because – um, anything else, but I just think it's fun. And if I, if I never become a head coach, it's fine. You know, I'm not going to cry over it, but if I do, I'll for sure be cheering over it. You know, uh, I definitely want to be a head coach. Cause it, and one of the main reasons is because I, I have this unique view on, you know, kind of being a go-to guy and being a role player. I think Jason K might have that viewpoint also. Jason Kidd was a role player once, and he was a goal, a go-to player. And for the most part, he, he's different because he's been a point guard, so he's always been controlling uh, the game. But, you know, anybody that ever had that experience, you know, of being seeing both sides, you know, of the game. And I think that's something that I really enjoy. Um, I, I played for some great coaches back home from Artie Cox to Kevin Jackson, to uh, Lou Gons, to Bill Aver from the Sal Academy, but from the five-star basketball kid uh, family with Howard Garfinkel. Um, I played for some amazing, amazing coaches even before I got to the NBA. And then playing for Coach Fran Fraschilla, who everyone knows, knows how great of a coach he is. Um, and then playing for Jarvis, all the way to Tim Floyd, to Sears, to you know, Rick Allen and Phil Jack. I mean, when you, when you take all that into consideration, it's just, it's fun. It's fun to know that you have all that knowledge and potentially being able, you know, to give it back uh, in the form of you. And me, I, I'm coaching now. So I got about 10 teams that I'm coaching, even though it's not NBA, it's fun. And it's pretty much run, gun, and dive on the floor. Like, <laughs> Is that simple? 
and uh, I enjoyed it. And if I'm ever if I'm ever able to do that in the NBA, um, I want to push the pace. Want to push the pace a little bit. Well, it's a it's a it's a process. You got to get there from one step to the next, and uh, but run, gun, and hit the floor, man. That's the way you played. Um, so let me ask you, Ronnie, who's who's the best teammate you ever had? Uh, all my teammates, because you know when you when you're in a locker room, especially when there's that much pressure of winning and the pressure of being away from your family, you know those type of things. And if you read all the stories that that came out in the media over the years from sports players and that stuff that we go through together in the locker room at dinner on a phone call, um, so I would say like all the players, uh, it's not it's not as easy as one may think. Even though <laughs> the money's great, I'm not gonna I'm not saying that, but I'm saying as a human. It's not as easy as you as you think, right? So I'm really grateful that I had time to spend with all my players. But the ones that kind of stand out, Shane Battier stands out, Yao Ming stands out, Derek Fisher stands out, Reggie Miller stands out, uh, Steven Jackson, a couple people, more, Kobe, a couple guys, you know, a couple more people stand out. And then I played for some great vets, Will Purdue, Dickie Simpkins. Randy Brown, Greg Anthony, uh, Dale Davis. You know what I'm saying? It was like pretty, you know, very grateful, you know, very grateful. It's not, it's not a short list. And when you play from age 20, like you did when you were drafted by the Chicago Bulls <laughs> up until age 37, when you finished up with the Lakers and you know, a lot yeah. of stops in between Indiana, uh, Sacramento, Houston, Lakers, Knicks, uh, Hey, Sichuan and Italy, you, you just run across a lot of different people. And, you know, I, on the subject of international basketball, you played for a season, Ronnie, overseas uh, and played under FIBA rules. We're about to start the Olympics with Team USA going through some changes. Kevin Love is off the team. Bradley Beal is off the team. Keldon Johnson is joining and JaVale McGee is joining. How do you see the Olympics playing yeah. out for Team USA? Well, you know, for me, um, the Olympics is a better uh, situation for me. I love the Olympics. Um, and I, you know, I felt like I've been shortchanged, even though I was a head case of really volatile player when I did play. Um, I just always felt like I should have had the opportunity to play the year that I was going to play. I got suspended. So, you know, when you talk about legacy, you know, the, the, the that, that gold medal is very, very important, um, to legacy. And I was, I was a player who, you know, third team all NBA, and I should have been, um, I should have had a tryout. Uh, I remember uh, when I didn't get called for the Olympics, because I thought I was going to get called at least to be that team that played against the, the people who got selected. And when that didn't happen, I called my agent. I said, what the hell is going on here? I said, give me, give me a call. So we, we couldn't get no response. So then I had to call the Olympic office myself, and I didn't get no, no return call. And I was like, just let me try it out. I understand that. I understand that um, I'm not the greatest person to be around, you know, at that time. And I, and, and I know a lot of some players didn't want to play with me. But I was like, give me a chance to take that player's spot. <laughs> at that time, I'm like, give me a chance to take their spot. Because for sure, 
when at that era, my defense was so incredible at that time, I was going to take somebody's spot. <laughs> that for been, 100% sure. Yeah, that would have been the 2004 Olympics in Athens where uh, the United States yeah. lost, lost their opener to Puerto Rico by 19 and ended up uh, taking home a bronze, but also lost to... Oh, yeah. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like, we didn't take home a bronze. We have a goal. I wasn't on that team. So the USA has a goal in 2004. There's no way we lose with me on that team. There's no way. How? How? I'm averaging 24 and the best defender in the world at that point in time. And I got the defensive player of the year in between Sharks and Blue Whales, Ben Wallace, Duncan, Garnett. This is who I had to navigate through to pull out that defensive player of the year award. Hall of Famers, right? So with that being said, I understand why, but I just want people to hear, um, if I could rewind time, that, that's something that is supposed to be on my resume. Now, now granted, you know, a lot of reasons, a lot of things are not on my resume because of me, you know what I'm saying? But I got defensive player of the year, you know, I was close to getting MVP one year, I got champion, I mean, also, I got everything, but the but the Olympics. But I've, I've been to the Olympics in high school. I got the USA high school jersey, so I have a history. But one day, I'm hoping that they be, they'll pick me. Sometimes they pick veterans. You know, I, they pick guys who don't play. Hopefully, one day I can play on the Olympics. You know, um, I, I I deserve it more, just as much as anybody. I believe, and and some people would argue that other people deserve it also. That's true. But I'm the one yapping about it. <laughs> you know, I'm yapping about it. Um, so hopefully one day, I mean, on um, an honorary jersey, um, end of the bench. I would. I even told them I would get the water. Like I literally called the office, and I told my agent, "Can I even be a water boy? Like something." <laughs> so the Olympics. Every time somebody brings up the Olympics, I rant. I rant. I rant because um, I am an Olympian for sure. I'm an Olympian. I'm a gold medalist, um, and I will, and I, I truly believe that. Stick around. Three years, we're in Paris. You don't really want to go to Japan and be quarantined. So stick around. When everybody's better and things, the world is operating normally, you can go to Paris in three years, uh, Ronnie. And by then, you'll have <laughs> three more years of coaching behind you. And uh, But in the meantime, we'll make sure that Jerry Colangelo and Greg Popovich get uh, get a listen to this tape because um, they've been they've been trying to con- find guys who are dying to go to the Olympics and with some years more success than others. Um, but it, it sounds like, you know, you, if you're willing to do that, you probably wouldn't be the worst 12th man they could put on the team, even at uh, the age of 41 or 44 in three years. I mean, you know, I, I don't mind playing the bench at this time. It's playing my life. But when you look at, for, from the, not from a, it's a basketball standpoint, you know, in terms of being like that professional at that age, I wasn't. I wasn't, but I was a hell of a basketball player. And I felt like I was a hell of a, an American basketball player. I was one of the best American basketball players in the world. And, you know, it's like, I, you know, although I'm very much, you know, from Queensbridge and, you know, as, as urban as it gets <laughs> in NBA. Um, but at the same time, you know, I always wanted to represent the USA. And another reason I wanted to represent the USA, Chris Mullen was an Olympian. I went to St. John's. Vern Fleming wasn't a gold medalist Olympian. Vern Fleming is from my neighborhood. Everybody know where I'm from. Everybody know where I'm from. 
the Vern Fleming experience, all those things I talk about, just picture those uh, situations with Vern Fleming. And he was an Olympian. So, you know, he's from the same block, same exact block as me. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a lot of reasons why I wanted to be an Olympian. But no matter what anyone says, I'm an Olympian, I'm a gold, medal- I'm a gold medalist. Um, is, you know, I-, I didn't cut myself from that team. You have it, folks. Uh, he's Meta World Peace, also known as, uh, got to get this one right, Meta Sandiford Artest. And I uh, grew up in the Queensbridge Bridge Projects, uh, studied at LaSalle under a friend of mine, Nancy Rodrigue, um, and we're both out of New York. I want to thank Meta World Peace for joining me, Chris Sheridan, on the on the, uh, the Sheridan Show here on BasketballNews.com. If you haven't checked us out, you need to. Uh, Rex Chapman's working here. He does one of the greatest podcasts you'll ever hear. Same with James Posey. Vinny Del Negro is on our team. Uh, my producer, Brian Fritz, does uh, Keeping It 94 with my colleague, Spencer Davis. Davies. Um, Neat and Unfiltered is one of our better uh, podcasts as well. Alex Kennedy does a podcast. Uh, you're going to find, a, a if that's your thing, podcast, you're not going to find a better lineup than what you see on basketballnews.com. So uh, one more time with DraftKings. Uh, again, this is a new deal that uh, Meta just did. He teamed up with DraftKings for the NBA Finals, and he's actively betting against the public on every game. So wherever most of the bets are going, Meta's going the other way, and DraftKings is even boosting the public's bet. It's called Meta versus the World, so check that out when you go to DraftKingsSportsbook.com or DraftKings.com. And with that, Meta, I want to thank you for coming on from uh, from Los Angeles and ask you to enjoy the weekend, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you and seeing you down the road again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I want to thank DraftKings and uh, let's bring home that gold medal uh, this year. Indeed. And let's have a good games five, six, and hopefully seven in the NBA Finals. And with that, until next time, folks, we're going over and out.